You know, we've been talking about family matters and uh, the difficulty it is for us in our lives to be able to live what, what, what we consider as well, to be able to live well in the tension between what is real in our life, the things that we see and face, and the things that we read in the Word, the things we know God has shown us and that He's provided for us, the ideal things, to be able to live within this tension, to be able to live content and to be able to live well. We talked about that a long time ago, about a month ago or so, and now we've moved on into the family. We've talked about being tender-hearted the first week, allowing those hurts and those things to pass through us. The issues as we talk about conflict today, the issues that you have in your family, whether it's with your spouse or whether it's with your kids or your brother-in-law or sister-in-law or parents or, or whatever that, that family issue or family conflict is, it probably resolves around some kind of hurt, whether on your side, their side, everybody's side. I mean, those things happen. But if we can remain tender-hearted, and then the next part of that first message was if we could remain humble. We can't do these two things very well on our own, but we said at the end that if we walk in humility, we open up the door to God and His grace fills and floods our life. It says in 1 Peter chapter 5 that if we'll humbly submit ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he will exalt us in due time. It goes on and says, though, that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble, so that when you walk in humility, it opens up the window and the door to God's grace operating and working in your life. And how many of you know if you could fix the problems in your family, if you could fix the conflict in your family, you probably would do it. The problem for us is we don't know what to do. The things that we've tried haven't worked. The stuff that we think should work doesn't seem to work. The other person doesn't see it our way. Everybody has their own will. And when you get in a family and everybody has their own will, not everybody, maybe in your family they all see it the same way, but but I know in ours sometimes not everybody sees it the same way. So what do you do in those instances? You have to lean in and rely on His grace, which means you have to be humble. Don't allow the hurts, the things, people who are close to you who are family can really hurt you. Allow those things to pass through. There's no way, otherwise it clouds our judgment, it clouds our our actions, it clouds the things that we speak, it clouds the things that we hear. It's a filter that everything comes through and it's hurt and it makes everything distorted and dysfunctional. Last week we talked about mutual submission out of Ephesians chapter 5 where Paul says that we need to submit ourselves one to another, not just wives submit to your husbands. Not just husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Right before those verses, it says, each one of us needs to submit one to the other out of reverence for Christ, that we live in this mutual submission. And part of what was going to help us do that was asking this question, what can I do to help? That, that when you're sitting in these positions with your husband or your wife or your kids or your brother-in-law or your sister-in-law or your aunt or your uncle or or whoever that might be, how about asking, what can I do to help? That Jesus came in this earth to serve us. That he came into this world and he gave himself for each one of us. And then he asked us to do that as well in turn. It says in Colossians chapter 3, that wives are supposed to submit themselves to their husbands, that husbands are supposed to submit themselves to their wives. It says in Ephesians 5, to love them as Christ loved the church. It goes on and says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. And then it also says, though, at the end of that particular part of verses, it says, husbands, men, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. 
that if we could take care of those four things, there wouldn't be a whole lot of issue. If we could take care of walking in humility, there wouldn't be a whole lot of issue. If we could take care of not allowing those hurts to stick in us but pass through, there wouldn't be a lot of issue. So why is it that we all have a lot of issue? The one thing we probably have in common in our lives and in our families is that we have to deal with conflict. Hopefully there's love, hopefully there's, there's mutual respect and, and, and submission and all those things. But I'm telling you, you got, you got conflict going on in your world and, and there is conflict that, that, that's an opportunity for each one of us. How you deal with that conflict is important. How you deal with conflict in your family and in your home gets passed down to those who come after you. You may think, well, you know what? We kind of do that behind closed doors. We kind of hide these things, whatever. Kids have great ears. They have some kind of parent ESP thing. They know by the Spirit what's going on. They know strife. They don't like it. You want to know why your kids are all freaked out? You're freaked out. In most cases. In most cases. I'm not saying every case because as kids get a little bit older, they get to, to have different kind of influence in their life. We'll talk about that over the next couple of weeks maybe as we talk about parenting. But let me tell you what, you are the one who can control and fix you, and you only. We started in the first week, the second week said the same thing. This week, I know you've come because you want to know how to take out your sister-in-law, and we're going to talk about conflict and how to fight fair and how to be able to get it on and, you know, still be able to stand in the Word. There's not a place for that in the Word for us to fight flesh and blood like that. Oh, but Pastor John, you don't know what they've done to me. Oh, but I'm telling you, the only one you can, you can take care of is you. Oh, but I'm telling you, they're all wrong. So we'll start off this way today. We'll just assume that all y'all are right. Okay, it just makes it go a little bit better because it, it, it puts a little bit more onus on you. I mean, you have to be the person. But let's just pretend for today that you all are all angels. You're perfect saints. You do everything correct. We know it's all the other folks who are messing up. Okay? Even in that instance, when you're doing it all right and they're all messed up and you have all the answers, it still is about you fixing you. But Pastor John, they're wrong. I know they're wrong. I know it's real. I know it's a big deal. I know your kids have acted up. I know your spouse won't get it together. But my wife, she keeps nagging me. Then do what she's asking. (laughs) What is she nagging you about? Well, she always wants me to get up and I have to take out the trash. Then she wants me to pray with her before I go to work. She just nags, nags, nags. (laughs) Well, take out the trash and pray with her. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. I don't want to do what she's asking me to do. Well, then your life's going to be awful. <laughs> I've been praying that her mouth gets clammed up shut. Well, th- I'm just telling you. <laughs> Take your finger and stop pointing it at her and turn it around and pointing it at you. We all face conflict. What we have to do, what we have to own up to and realize is our part of the deal. That is all you can fix we know all the answers to fix everybody else but god is the only person that can fix them one of the worst places to be in a counseling situation with just a husband and wife or whether it be brothers and sisters or 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 any family that that are close and they have to deal with each other is when one party 
wants to cooperate and wants to walk down the forgiveness trail and wants to do what God said to do, and the other party doesn't. It's very difficult. We all have a will. Jesus died for each one of us. Some of us have responded to that call. Many others haven't. And convincing somebody that Jesus is the way is just about as difficult many times as convincing your sister-in-law or your aunt or your kids that your way is the right way. God is the one. His love is the thing. His anointing breaks the yoke and opens up a new life to Christ. In your relationships, you on your knees, pouring yourself out to God to be a part of His perfect will in this earth and in your family and saying, God, I want to be all you created me to be. Not, oh God, fix them, help them get it. I hope they understand. It's, Lord, help them become all that you created them to be. I know they are wonderfully and fearfully made and that you have a plan and a purpose for their life. But Pastor John, you don't know what I face. We're not talking about abuse, right? We're just talking about conflict and the things that go on in the home. Happens all over the place. Turn to, turn to James chapter 4. We have three scriptures to talk about and then we'll pray. Be the f- fastest service you ever came to. Not really. Because in the, I'm telling you, in this, there are all kinds of different people. There are all kinds of different talents. There's all kinds of different gifts. There's all kinds of different fighters. You get some that are screamers. Have you ever been part of that kind of family? Everybody just screams at each other all the time. Well, if you're a sulker, man, those screamers drive me. You can't, that's very hard to mix. See, there's not a way that I can sit down with you in your family and say, okay, you're a screamer, you're a sulker, you're a brooder, you're a litigator. Okay, let's all just get together. Now, you litigator, you've got to, some of you are so good at litigating your situations and your conflicts, you should have been lawyers. You make a whole lot more money, and you wouldn't be having to fight your family. You'd be fighting all the bad things that are going on in the world. But you can't, you can't work through like, okay, you're a sulker. Okay, well, you're, you're a shove-it-downer. Okay, we got, we got to work on that because you can't shove your problems down. You have to give them to God. and uh, you, you, that, That'll wear everybody out. How about we recognize and realize where our issues and problems lie on the inside of us, and we take care of those things and then allow God to use us and to propel us. It says in James 4, chapter 1, it says, what, or verse 1, it says, What is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? I know you've got a list. I don't have, I'm asking this, you know, because it's written in the Word. If I asked you what are causing the quarrels and the fights among you, you would give me first, without thinking about it, you would give me four, five, six, eight things. They may be your kids, your spouse, they may be somebody else. They're all of these things. If I finally said, whoa, 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 what's your part in this? Oh, uh, hold on. I need to pray about that. Don't get all super spiritual. Okay, what is your part to play in all of this because there is a part it says we quarrel and we fight because we don't get the things that we want it says they don't come from there don't they come from the evil desires that war within you you want what you don't have so you scheme and kill to get it you're jealous of what others have but you can't get it so you fight and wage war to take it away from them no 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 i just want my daughter to clean her room Yep, and you're not getting it. 
So there's something that, but it's right. Well, technically, that is a desire of yours. But when you take that desire and you place it on somebody else, and then you allow them completing that or not to affect your happiness, you've made it an expectation. And there's a difference between desires and expectations. Many of those desires that we have in our life are given to us by God. But when I take that desire, I take that thing that all I want is for my wife to X, Y, Z, whatever. All I want is for my brother-in-law to see it. All I want is for my kids to clean their room. All I want is for my son to talk nicely to my wife. See, when I went, then if they don't do that and I go bananas, I've given away the ability for me to be happy. I've given away the ability for me to rest. I've, I've given away the ability for me to walk in the Spirit to somebody else. I've made that an expectation. I said, if you don't clean your room, I'm telling you, I'm going to lose it. That doesn't sound real word friendly. I'm telling you, I'm not going to be able to rest until this person does. But the Bible says that I can walk in rest. Tell me, there's not going to be any peace around here until you kids get your... I do that. I, we have. You have become more pig pinnish as you've gotten older. But the other one is Rachel. And she has. She, this one, this one, this one, Rachel. Um, I'm learning not to have a problem with this. She, she is messy. And, and everywhere she goes, she's pig pin. Not dirty stuff. She is constantly wrapped and surrounded with things that everywhere she goes, it just moves. I went to put something in the trunk of her old car yesterday, and Elizabeth said, you can't open that. It's full of her stuff. Of course it is. Her stuff is everywhere. It overtakes our world. She sits down to watch TV, and then she gets up, and it's stuff, just stuff. And then she went away to college, and I thought we were okay. And then she started coming back, made it worse. So in, in our world, that I, I, I have had a period of time where I've, I've had to give that to God and not allow that to affect my attitude, not to allow that to affect the way that I correspond with her, to begin to ask her things like this. Oh, sweetheart, you're awesome. What can I do to help you today? Can you read my mind that says, pick up your crap? I ask amiss. That's the last part of the scripture, right? I'm saying, what can I do to help you, sweetheart? Get all your stuff out of the living room. It's freaking me out. I've taken a desire, and I've made it an expectation, and if she doesn't do that, she says, why do we fight? Why do we quarrel? Because of the desires that are in our heart, the evil desires. Those are the ones that we have taken and not said, God, you've given me this. I'm trusting you to fulfill this in my life. I'm taking this desire and I'm putting it on somebody else, and now it becomes an expectation. That is why. But they promised. I know they promised. But they said that they would always. They said that they would never. I know. But why would they act this way if they love me? Why would they say these things if they say that they love me? Why would it go down this? I, I know. People don't do what they ought to do. And the only one 
that you can take care of in all of that is you. And if you don't take those expectations off of somebody else, I'm not saying you don't have desire for them to become all that God created them to be. I'm not saying that you don't want your kids to become all that God wants them to be. What I'm saying is you'll be okay even if it doesn't happen because you've given it to God. Who can make your kid be all that they can be anyway? God. You raise them, you train them, you teach them in the ways of the Lord so that when they grow up, they will not depart from those things. But how many of you departed from those things? So in that minute of departure, does the parent lose their mind? No. The parent stands on the word that says, God, you will bring them back to your word. I love them and I pray with them and I stand before them. I confess the word over them. I don't say that I'm not going to be okay unless my kids act or live right. Can't. And they're the closest ones to you beside your spouse. Otherwise, you're going to be a wreck and who's going to be able to stand for whom? You're going to argue and you're going to fight with somebody over some desire in your heart that you have put on somebody else and made an expectation. That's why your wife nags. She expects you to get up, to take out the trash, and to pray with her before you leave. Well, see, it is her fault. Nah, yeah, you're missing it again. What other side of that equation you find yourself on, the only one you can fix is you. So fix it. Fix it. Own up to it. Let go of it. In Genesis, in chapter 4, there's been conflict forever. Families have been fighting forever. Cain and Abel, the first murder in the Bible, two brothers. What you're facing in your family and in your life isn't new. It's the same plan of the enemy to destroy your life and to destroy your family that he's had since the beginning. He came after Adam and Eve. We can say that they were the first human beings. They were the first family. He got between mom and dad. Then he got between the two brothers. And if you jump up to chapter 25 of Genesis, Jacob and Esau were going at it in the womb to see who was going to come out first. There's been fighting and nitpicking and biting and scratching and clawing. Why? To get what you want. Well, I don't like to hear that. I'm just being honest. It's the scripture. It says you fight and quarrel because of the evil desires on the inside of you, and you want something, and you're not getting it. Jacob and Esau, they wanted to be the first one out because the first one had the birthright. Well, in the end, when it all went down, one of them sold that birthright for a cup of soup. They were squabbling the whole time. David and Saul, their son-in-law and father-in-law. In the end, after he kills Goliath and then he gets the daughter and he gets to marry her, that's a whole other issue because the wife had allegiance to the father and not allegiance to her husband and there was never leave and cleave type situation going on and that was a real issue. But listen, those two didn't get along, David and Saul. But David is the one who has a heart after the father. David is the one who worships and praises. When Saul's in a funk and he's all nasty, who did he call? David. But then what did he do? In the midst of all that stuff, he couldn't handle it so he picks up a spear, whoosh, tries to kill him. Son-in-law and father-in-law. Because one wanted what the other had. Didn't we look back and say that where there's envy, strife, that self-seeking, there's every evil work. I'm telling you, this is all about walking in humility and not pride. 
but you don't understand. I haven't done anything wrong. I know. Then stand for them. I don't want to stand for them. I want them to get their act together. I know, but you don't war and fight. It says in Ephesians chapter 6 against flesh and blood. You war and fight against principalities and powers. Don't go tell your wife she's demon-possessed. That doesn't work. I'm not going to fight you, you devil. <laughs> Look out. You will see the devil. Dishes, pans, and everything else. Just be wise. <laughs> but it says we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the darkness and the rulers of this age. It's true. That's what it says. Ephesians 6.12. Try this in your world. Begin to meditate and speak the word of God. Oh, I don't know. You know that. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Begin to practice the word of God. Last week we said, ask what can I do to help? Our first response is, that is stupid, and that won't work. I've already had people stop me and say, that question, wow, it really makes a difference. As simple and as easy as that sounds, it does. I've had my bottom off the chair more, running around and helping out this week. Why? Because I love her. And I want to serve her. And I have not been doing that. And that is my part to play. I asked somebody about strife. You know, I asked him about this kind of stuff, that conflict that we're talking about. I said, what's the, what's the kind of conflict that you go through in your home? And the person responded and said, you know, and this was the guy. This was the, the father, the man. And he said, you know, as I walk in the spirit and not the flesh, as I purpose to be who I'm supposed to be in my household, he says, believe it or not, there's very little, there's very little conflict. There's very little strife. He said, but let me tell you, when, it, when that doesn't happen, when that doesn't go down and I don't keep myself in the right place, in your household... Men, again, like we talked about last week, you have a big part to play in this. Your words weigh a thousand pounds. Your actions speak way louder than the thousand pound words that you're saying. The way you handle conflict and conflict resolution, the way you handle mutual submission, the way you handle serving your family, the way you handle discipline in your home, the way you handle living the Word of God, the way you handle being Jesus in those four walls and under that roof, that goes a long way to how your household and how your family responds. It really does. Now, you may be here and your husband may not be here with you or whatever. Lift him up. Spiritually, if he's not going to take the lead, you're going to have to stand in that place and allow God's grace to make the difference in that world. But don't henpeck him and tell him he's a loser and he needs to get his butt to church and all those things. The Holy Spirit will convict him about those things. You're not his Holy Spirit. You're the one who's supposed to pray for him, to love on him, and to encourage him to be all that God created him to be. That's our job. Conflict happens, man. People are going to come at you, and you, like we said in the beginning, right? You all are right. All, all them people are going to be wrong. But you're still going to have to lay your life down for them. Oh, no way, man. My brother-in-law is a loser. 
I'm not going down for him. <laughs> you better lay your life down for him. You better humble yourself. The minute you start saying, I'm not going to do that, there's no way. That's pride. When you start saying, not until he gets his act right, that's pride. Taking a desire, making an expectation. Your, your brother-in-law's half an ape anyway. Why are you going to let him affect your happiness? Right? I mean, come on. That person, who, that person who's coming against you, you're like, ah, why are you allowing them to hurt you? Why are you allowing them to harm you? Why are you allowing them to steal your happiness and your joy? The word wins. Isaiah, the word will not return void. But we shut the door to unconditional love by taking a desire and making it an expectation. And now I don't love you because I love you because I love you because I love you. Now I'm only going to love you if you do what I want you to do. How many of you entered into your marriage that way? Like you literally stood at the altar and said, I will love him as long as he does this, 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 and this. But I want it out if he does that, 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 and that. It's all contractual. So that's what the world's made marriage anyway. It's supposed to be this unconditional love, this great union of mutual submission that says, I love you, period. I know. It's, I know. There is pushback in this. There is, this, this isn't something that's just like, oh, goody. I get to go take it in the face again today. Awesome. Punch me again. Woo, that was an awful word. Thank you, man. Have another. It doesn't work that. I mean, it's, it's kind of like that. But you, you don't. Not happy. I mean, it, but listen, there's some discomfort in this. But there's discomfort in, in, in eating right and exercising and putting your flesh aside. But you look at these people who go through this. If you watch The Biggest Loser, they, they struggle and they, 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 they kill themselves to lose all this weight. In the end, they don't talk about the struggle anymore. They stand out there in spandex and go, look at me now. <laughs> they just went through months and months of torture and of literal hell on earth in their life to get to that point. They don't talk about that anymore. How many of you would want to just lay your life down and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I screwed up. I made a mistake. It's my fault. Please forgive me if that solves the issue and the conflict in your family. Yes, yes, yes. But then there's other sides that says, but I didn't do anything. I didn't ask you if you did anything. I just asked you, would you fall on your sword for them? Would you take all the discomfort? Would you climb the highest mountain? Would you tear down the walls with your hands? Would you do anything and everything that you could to bring peace into your family and into your home? Yes, yes, yes. Then lay down your life. Anything else is walking in pride. But you don't understand pride. I know you can't do it in your own strength. But you can do it in his you can. Anger whoosh, fires up in those moments. You've been hurt, and then all of a sudden, you, boom, you come back. Do you explode? Do people tell you you have anger issues? 
mean, do you hear those things? Like I talked about last week, you know, with my wife and my kids and how I used to, why does nobody want to talk to me? Well, kind of because you're mean. Why? Why does everybody think I'm an ogre? Well, kind of because you are. I don't mean it. That anger just flares up. But see, now go back to what I said a few minutes ago. How about we practice living the Word? How about we meditate and speak the Word of God? Well, why would I do all that? Because when those moments come and that conflict arises, what's on the inside of you comes out. When I say, I didn't didn't mean it like that. I didn't say that. Come on. I've been thinking it. Because it's on the inside. We've gotten to the point now when conflict will arise, it'll come out like this. I don't want to do this anymore. Me neither. I love you. I love you too. I'm sorry. How long are we going to let the devil steal from us? No more. Give me a kiss. Okay. (laughs) Honest. (laughs) Why? Because I don't want strife. I don't want envy. I don't want confusion in every evil work. It's not worth it. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. The kids got in a fight. They got upset. Sorry, dad's fault. You say, it's not my fault. I didn't do anything. You married the mom. There wouldn't be kids. It's your fault. My brother-in-law's an idiot. It's my fault. Well, it's not your fault. Yep, you married into that mess. It's your fault. You, somewhere down the road, let it be your fault. I don't want to do that. Thank God Jesus did. Right? Thank God in the end. He did come right down that road. Allowed them to beat him. Allowed them to smack him around. Beat him to a pulp, bloody and to an, within an inch of his life. And then they let, he let him drag him over to this cross and put him on this cross and let him smash nails into his hands. Let him smash nails into his feet. Put up on that tree for all to see. To be stabbed with a spear. To be killed. To be brutalized. And he didn't do one thing wrong. We started this service by saying, let's just pretend we're all right. And you nodded. That was okay. See, when I said, let's just pretend everybody else is wrong, but you, in your instance, in your family, in your conflict, in what you're going through, let's just all pretend we're right. Well, it was a bit of a setup because in the end, Jesus was right too, but he gave himself for all those who were wrong. So how can we, in the beginning of this service, say, yep, I agree. There's a, I know it's funny, but I agree a little bit that I am right and they are all wrong. How can I then sit at the end of the service and say, but I'm not going to do what Jesus did? See, how can I sit here on this end of it and say, but I'm not going to suffer for them. I'm not going to lay my life down for them. I'm not going to give it up for them. I'm not going. What did he do? He prayed for us. 
It says that he sits at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for us. The end of that scripture in James 1 says, as you get to the end, it says, you don't have because you don't ask. Matthew 6, says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Not seek ye first your wife getting her act together. Not seek ye first your kids getting their bed made. Not seek ye first these people treating you right because you deserve better than this. It says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all of those things will be added to you. So who do you take all this to? Who do you take all this turmoil? Who do you take all this hurt? Who do you take all this conflict to? You take it to Christ. The one who was on the cross for you and never did any wrong. The one that's sitting at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for you and for me. You take it to him and say, sir, I want to please you. I want to serve these people. I want to see your good, perfect will be accomplished in this world, of course, yes, but in my family. In my family, because I can't, I can't take it anymore. They're tearing, it's tearing apart on me. It's coming unraveled and I don't know what to do. Everybody yells and screams and fights and I don't want to be a part of it anymore. God, show me, help me. What can I do? You take it to Him. You take it to Him. You lay it at His feet. And then He takes all that he is and he pours it back into you he allows you to stand when you don't think you can stand another minute when you think you're you're gonna kill them all somehow there's grace to love them all you're gonna be that person in your family who holds it all together because you're going to walk in his love everybody else may be wanting to get out scream fight but you know what you're going to do you're going to bring the presence of god into that situation he's going to change your world he's going to turn it upside down he's going to change your family he's going to change your household we hope this message encouraged you Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.